0: we have one-on-one situations that are going on and not that group dynamic. That group dynamic truly changes things and you grow and function as a unit. And so it's really neat to see the friendships and the connections that form in that smaller group versus just me having a relationship with one person and it just being that one all the time. And so that group dynamic helps you know the ones that you think might have a tendency to depend on somebody it's not just that one person they're building relationships with the other four or five ladies in the group
1: you're listening to charisma connection I'm Chris Johnson Candy Galati is my guest today, and she's the author of Disciple Her, the B&H books title that we'll be discussing today. If you've ever wondered what discipleship is all about, she'll fill us in from the Word of God and share some of her own experiences. She and her husband, Robbie Galati, who is a pastor and author himself, have a church in Nashville. And they've also formed Replicate Ministries, which ties in with Candy's emphasis on discipleship in this book. So, Candy, welcome to Charisma Connection.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm
1: excited. Well, could you tell us what Replicate Ministries is all about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Replicate Ministries is a disciple making ministry where we help um, lay people, ministers, anybody that's on church, a church staff. We really try to help. Um, churches know how to make disciples in their context. And, um, you know, because every context can be slightly different. And so we try to come alongside of churches and really start that movement in their churches based on where they live, based on what their culture is like, and just try to help in that, in that movement of disciple making for the glory of the Lord in order to, um, for us all to participate in the Great Commission. So that's really what Replicate is. So we produce a lot of resources in order to do that. We do a lot of trainings. We do conferences, different things of that nature, um, just as much as we can to help everybody out there who are believers to really follow through with the Great Commission.
1: Excellent. The Great Commission is not just about evangelism. It's definitely about making disciples, isn't it? That's right. It's both. That's right. Well, the subtitle of your book, Disciple Her, is Using the Word Work and Wonder of God to Invest in Women. So you've got mm-hmm. a lot of W's in there. Was that your idea for that subtitle?
0: Yes, it was. It's, um, it's actually the book was birthed from a lot of trainings that I have done over the years. And really people, some ladies would come up to me afterwards and they would say, do you have this in written form? And the answer was no. I didn't have anything in written form. I might have like PowerPoint slides. Of that nature, but nothing that I could, you know, hand them. And so then I got to thinking, I wonder if I should write some of this down and just kind of started praying about that, went to my husband and he's like, you absolutely should write some of this down. So it really came from teachings I had where I had been doing some different, you know, breakout sessions and trainings for, for the last few years. And that's how it started. So my passion is the women's discipleship. So the way I make disciples is I'm drawing from the word of the Lord that I know, and I'm drawing from what he's already done in my life to the work that he's already done. And I'm drawing from the the Holy Spirit, which is what I call the wonder. Um, and so you're drawing from those sources in order to invest into someone else. And so that's kind of how that subtitle um, came about. And I like alliteration anyway, so I'm real big on that. <laughs> and so it just kind of fit, you know.
1: Well, one of my questions was, how does the Holy Spirit help in disciple-making? It's interesting that you call him the wonder.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so he's obviously our constant companion, the Holy Spirit, and, you know, every single day when I'm into the Word, you know, I start off with prayer, and I'm just praying that the Lord's going to open my eyes and he's going to speak to me, and that happens through his Word, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit inside of me, and so when I'm Pouring into other people, it's obviously an overflow from what is already happening in my own life, in my own personal time with Him. And then I'm praying and I'm asking the Spirit to just to use me, um, you know, use me in what I say, be in the midst of our conversations, like I'm just praying and depending on the Spirit in order to walk alongside ladies, and and even more so, you know, my children, you know, and pouring into them and investing into them and just praying that the Spirit, you know, gives me that wisdom and guides me and gives me clarity in all those areas.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, for those who have not been Christians a long time or perhaps come from churches where they don't emphasize discipleship, that's kind of a weird word today. So what, is, mm-hmm. what does it actually mean to be a disciple?
0: Yeah. so we we have really thought and prayed about how we would define discipleship. In um, and, and our ministry, we've adopted a definition of discipleship, and I'll share that. And every word in this definition is very important. And it's because so many people are using the term discipleship or disciple and they're, they could be speaking a completely different language. You know, it could mean something totally different to them. And so when we um, teach on this or share about this, we say that discipleship is intentionally equipping believers with the word of God through accountable relationships empowered by the Holy Spirit in order to replicate faithful followers of Christ. So we're intentionally equipping with the Word of the Lord. That is the crux of everything that biblical discipleship is. We're doing this through accountable relationships in, in small community with one another, and then empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the whole point is for them to replicate and, and turn that around. And so when you're at a church that may not have a strong discipleship in the sense of what I just described, then I encourage people to be a disciple themselves. And the And the number one thing that a disciple needs to do is obviously following after Christ, and the the number one way we can do that is by regularly engaging the Bible, having daily time with Him, and when we develop that spiritual discipline, and I believe that's the the number one spiritual discipline in our lives that we really should be focusing on, uh, they're all important, but Bible engagement is number one, and I believe every other discipline flows out of that. So if, if someone is wanting to know where to start, you start by following hard after Christ and getting into his word until his word gets into you. That's what you do. And as you do that more and more, it's be- going to become a lifestyle. And that's when you, it, you can't help but make disciples. It's just going to come out. It's going to overflow from you. And that's what you and we would hope would happen, You know that it becomes a lifestyle.
1: Well, could you tell us about some of your experiences, whether being discipled yourself by someone else or discipling others in the faith?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've I've had so many different and unique experiences and everything really when you're doing this for year on, you know, every year you learn a lot and so i've i've learned you know to tweak some things and change some things and maybe this was more effective than that and so you just really it's it's kind of trial and error as you learn and so when the book when i wrote the book it's kind of and i've been doing this for over 10 years so it's different things that i've learned that what works and what doesn't work and you know every person is unique every leader is unique so how um each leader you know puts their creativity into that group or into the investment of others is going to be unique to each each person and so I say in the book too it doesn't have to be you know a cookie cut out just what's in the book you know you have to turn around and replicate that exactly it doesn't have to be that way those are just like suggestions and um, you know advice on some things that I've learned that people can incorporate kind of where they are as long as the essentials are there and so you know I've, I've had new believers in groups and they've come in you know right after accepting christ and read through the bible for the first time you know within the first year of being a believer and that you know some people think like should new believers wait or you know what what do we do if you encounter a brand new believer i'm like no no way don't don't have them wait you know you want them from the get-go you know developing the the healthy spiritual disciplines and getting into the word right from the beginning and when one time i had this girl who had accepted christ two weeks before she started in discipleship group, um, and the timing was just all the Lord's because we were, I was just about to start, and I just happened to meet her, and we had this conversation, and so I asked her to be in the group, and she was, and, you know, after we had gone, we went 18 months that year, and so at the end of the 18 months, she was like, I'm not sure if I'm ready, and I said, well, why don't you, you know, hop back in with me for you know, another group until you feel like you are ready, you know, and it wasn't, you know, three months in and she said, okay, I'm totally ready. I can do this. And there she went, you know, you know, hadn't even been a believer for two solid years yet. And she turned around and replicated with ladies at her work. And, you know, it was just her, her foundation. She had such a great foundation from the very beginning. She didn't have to wander around and wonder what to do next, um, which was great, you know? And, um, so anyway, that's just one example of, of somebody coming in, brand new believer, doesn't really know a whole lot. And within, you know, two years time, she's ready to make disciples herself, which was that awesome. right
1: there is an incredible blessing to, to mm-hmm. do it from the start in your Christian life.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I don't think I think many of us probably haven't had the luxury of being able to do that. Um, I myself wasn't formally discipled. I had a youth pastor that invested in me after I became a believer, him and his wife. And it wasn't necessarily a formal thing. It was more like when I go to church and and what they were going to be, what they would be teaching for the night and that sort of thing. But it wasn't like a systematic weekly type discipleship that we're trying to do now. And so literally everything that's in the book and everything that we teach on has just been learned from trying it or not trying it, you know, and, um, and, and things that haven't worked well. So it's all just experience. And as you do it more and more, you know, day in, day out, you know, some of these things will be start to become second nature and you kind of get into a groove with it. But, um, you know, in the beginning I was much more like rigid or maybe strict or, or, or however, um, you know, it, it happened to be. But now I feel like I enjoy the process so much more than I did in the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, we all need to be part of a church body, but how much of discipleship should really be one-on-one?
0: You know, we, we, we don't encourage one-on-one in every situation um, because we feel like it is definitely more effective in a smaller group. Now, we do one-on-one out of the group, but not in place of the group. So I, this year, have had a group of, there's five ladies in me, so there's six of us. And I have one-on-one time with them all individually in different ways. You know, one of them's is my hairdresser, and I see her. I go, you know, I work out with some. I go eat lunch. You know, different things. Like, we're a part of each other's life. And so I do get one-on-one time with them, but I don't specifically meet in discipleship on a one-on-one basis. I do it in a small group, four to six. Ish. And then um, that's how we in, we encourage that, because when it is only one-on-one, it can become kind of like the discipler is pouring in, and then the disciplee thinks that she can never do what the discipler has done this whole entire time with them. And then it can kind of become more of a counseling session. So there are just some things that can tend to happen when it's only one-on-one. So we encourage smaller groups. And then obviously one-on-one time outside of that, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, and you bring up a good question there. What really is the difference between discipleship and counseling?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that's a great um, a thought because a lot of times a, a, a discipleship group could turn into that, and so we kind of have to guard that. And while you obviously want to hear about what's going on in the ladies' lives and you want to be able to pour into that, speak into that, when it kind of monopolizes the time over and over again and you're noticing that hey they probably need more than what I'm able to give them then that's when you can kind of refer out or you know have them still participate in the group but if they need true counseling and I've had this happen before where I mean I'm not a a counselor you know and and so my that's not what my degree's in and um And so what I will do is I will do as obviously much as I can to love that person and to walk them through and give them spiritual counsel. But when it comes down to like, Hey, this, there's something more serious going on here than what I can help them with. And I try to help them figure out what that step is for them. So if it's like, you know, going to a counselor or a therapist of some sort, you know, I'll, I'll talk with that person and kind of help them figure out what that next step is. Um, Because I don't want to, I don't want to hold someone back at the same time who needs, something more in depth than what i can give them
1: yes and we can get into situations where there's a codependency going on between uh, a younger believer and an older believer mm-hmm. don't you agree Absolutely. Have you seen that
0: yeah i mean i haven't i haven't seen it personally like in my own groups but there is definitely um that is definitely something that happens and i think You know, we just have to guard against that and, you know, make sure. I think that's also why it helps to do that small group of four to six versus the one-on-one. I think we see that more when we have one-on-one situations that are going on and not that group dynamic. That group dynamic truly changes things and you grow and function as a unit. And so it's really neat to see the friendships and the connections that form in that smaller group versus just me having a relationship with one person and it just being that one all the time. And so that group dynamic helps, you know, the ones that you think might have a tendency to depend on somebody. It's not just that one person. They're building relationships with the other four or five ladies in the group. And so it becomes less of an issue.
1: Yes. Now you've directed this book to women in particular, Disciple Her, Mm -hmm. but a Mm -hmm. lot of it probably applies to men as well. So what, yeah, you know, yeah, go ahead. What what uh, special application might you have for for men who pick up this book and are curious?
0: Yeah, I've had I've had some feedback from some men who have read it and. And they they said they've loved it because they can apply those principles to themselves. And, you know, I would say, really, discipleship, the the basics and the essentials are the same whether you're a woman or a man. And And the Bible engagement that we need to be taking part in should be happening no matter if we're a woman or a man. So, you know, those essentials that are there, which we encourage a Bible reading plan, we encourage scripture memory, we encourage prayer, we encourage meeting weekly, like those are some of the most essential things. And so if there's a man that's listening and they want to be able to participate in true biblical discipleship, I say, pray about it, number one. Find a reading plan that you want to commit to. Ask three or four men to come alongside of you and to journey with you in that. And decide, you know, that y'all are going to meet for 12 months, 18 months, you know, journal a couple times a week and dialogue about what you're learning about. Memorize scripture together, you know, um, just have a few people join you and it helps to hold you accountable as well. So it, it is written to women. Um, I feel like a lot of my illustrations and that sort of thing are coming from, you know, my experience, you know, of being a woman, but there are so many basic principles and just the thought process behind discipleship that that are for men and women,
1: so what happens if we don't make disciples? What happens to our churches?
0: Well, I think we we it's that that's you know that would be so sad like if we don't because for one, we just miss out we get, we miss out on being able to obey the Lord in that command. And we miss out on just that rich fellowship that we have with other believers and the growth that we experience. And so I think we end up having immature believers, you know, believers who can't, you know, you know, you know, share the gospel or believers who can't turn around and invest their life or believers who live in isolation and not, you know, believers who are not united with others. You know, there's so many things I think that we would lack if we weren't participating in discipleship. And so I think we can only become more mature. We can only become stronger in our walk with the Lord. If we're doing those types of things, if we're just kind of coming and we're complacent and we're just listening to the sermon every week, there's going to be some growth there, but there's not going to be near about as much growth as if you're living in a small community with other people and you're doing all of that together. I know for myself, um, you know, I'm a pastor's wife, I've been in ministry for years, and, you know, I love the Lord with all my heart. But if I was not in accountable relationships with other women year on, you know, year after year, I would not be consistent in the disciplines that I have now. I know that. Like, I might be for a season, but there's going to come a point in time where I'm, getting, where I'm too busy, or I start letting some things get into the way. And so, if I have those accountable relationships in my life, that, the chance of that, is very minimal, and so for me, I need that, and I can't imagine my life with without it, and so you know, I would encourage you know believers everywhere, those that are listening like if you're if you're sitting and you're going to church every single week and that's the extent of your spiritual growth, I would really encourage you to go a little bit further and you know you know find a small group of women or men that you can walk through life with and truly learn more about the Lord and learn more about yourself.
1: Yes, small groups are certainly invaluable. And then you add the discipleship element on top of that, and it really uh, cultivates your spiritual life and helps you have something to pass on to other people. Now, what about uh, when we think about our future, even when we leave this earth? As Christians, what do we want to leave behind? We want to leave behind disciples for Christ, don't we? Mm Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah. I, we're, that, that's obviously part of it is, you know, just that legacy that you're leaving um, on the hearts of men and women and in our, in our kids. And so we're real big on journaling as we, you know, go through discipleship groups. And I ask the girls that I meet with to journal twice a week. We, we're doing a reading plan where we read five days out of seven for the week, which I think is very manageable. And then I ask them to journal twice a week as they're reading through the word. And I feel like, you know, with, with no matter how busy you are, we should be able to journal two days out of the five we're reading. And part of the importance of recording what we what we learn is in order to remember it. Because if we just read it and it just becomes an afterthought, we're not really going to remember it as well. And so we write it down in order to remember and then we dialogue about that. And, you know, I've always told um the girls I disciple and my husband and I have talked about this a lot, but if God forbid if something happens to me and I don't get to finish, you know, pouring into my boys what I want to, they're going to be able to pick up my journals, you know, years from now, and they're going to be able to see exactly what, you know, I thought about the word of the Lord that particular day. And so if if I'm not there to say that to them in person, they're going to be able to read my own words that I wrote down when I was spending time with him every day. And I think that's huge, you know, for, for me to be able to do that. And this became a reality for us this past year where we, we lost a friend of ours who had been, you know, it was her second year in discipleship. She was a strong believer before that and, but had never really been discipled and she was in a group and then she went on to leader group and was diagnosed with cancer and she, you know, lost her battle with that very quickly. She left behind four boys. Um, they they ranged from like eight years old all the way to 17. And at her funeral, her husband got up and he read from his own journal of what God had been doing in his life over the course of this time of her being sick, and then some of her discipleship group girls read from her own words different things that she had wrote and said to them, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, like this is what we're talking about when you when you're leaving that legacy, and now her boys, for the rest of their life can pick up her journals that she was writing over these last two years, and I mean, what encouragement that has to be for those boys to be able to to read that and, um, and to be able to talk to their dad about those things. And I think, I mean, that's discipleship. So even though she is not on this earth anymore, she is still pouring into her kids because of what she wrote. I mean, this is making me emotional just talking about this. But, um, you know, it just it really puts it into perspective what we do every single day.
1: Absolutely. So how can people learn more about your ministry and your book? Do you have a website?
0: yeah so we have replicate org and um people can go online and there's there are ministries there, and you know we we have our resources there and different trainings that we're ongoing you know on, on, doing ongoingly and um so there's a lot more information there there's you know ways to book different members of the replicate team to come and speak and that sort of thing and then um our books you know are available pretty much every major Place online, you know, so there's like Lifeway, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Um, they're in, you know, I think the Lifeway stores right now, unless for some reason they're sold out because, you know, the clo some of the stores are closing and so they might not get new shipments in, but definitely they're online and, you know, we're, we're also on social media. So, you know, Candy Gallery on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and all that.
1: It sounds like it's easy to find you and your books. So that's great. There's yes. a, lot, a lot of great content here in in disciple her. So Candy as we close, would you mind praying for our listeners in terms of discipleship and the call to do to be a disciple and to make disciples?
0: Absolutely, I would love to. Um, Lord, thank you so much just for this time that we've had. And I just pray, Lord, for every single person that is listening. I pray that your spirit speaks to their heart exactly where they are, Lord, and that you guide and direct them what the next step is for them. If they're going to church regularly, praise God, Lord, but I pray that you will show them what's the next step. And maybe that's getting involved in some sort of a, life group or Sunday school class or whatever kind of a small group there is, Lord. And then I pray if they're already involved in that, uh, Lord, that you would just direct them and show them, you know, what does discipleship look like for them? Like who would be a few people that you would bring to their heart and their mind that they could walk alongside and just journey together through the Word and memorizing Scripture and praying for one another and truly just growing in their spiritual walk with you, Lord. I pray that you would answer the questions that they have. I pray that you would put people in their path, Lord Jesus, that they would be able to ask questions to and really grasp an understanding of this. And most importantly, I pray whatever you're leading them to do, that they will obey you, Lord, and that they will not delay in that, but that they will immediately obey. We love you so much, and we just pray that your blessings will be upon us, Lord Jesus, and it's in your name we pray.
1: Amen. Amen. And it's been a blessing to have you here, Candy.
0: Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it.
1: Well, we've been speaking with Candy Galati. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for listening to Charisma Connection.
0: Looking to get a new kind of college visit experience? Liberty University has you covered. Experience what's really happening at Liberty with one of the daily campus tours or special events like College for a Weekend or Experience LU. Meet professors and students, enjoy convocation, and get a first-hand look at life at Liberty University. For more information about visiting opportunities, check out liberty.edu slash visit us. Again, that's liberty.edu slash visit us.